All right. Again, it's so good to be with you guys. And aren't you guys glad to be back with David and with Emily and with our whole church family? And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I haven't preached in front of people in quite a while. So if I forgot how to do it, just be gracious with me, all right? I've been, I don't know if you guys noticed, I've been looking at a teleprompter for the last six months. So, um, hey, uh, we are going to continue. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to move through from Acts chapter 2, after two, chapter 2, all the way through chapter 5. And we've been studying this summer, we've been studying the life of Peter, the life of Simon Peter, the apostle. And up to this point, Peter has been a bit of an interesting character, right? He's had a bit of highs and lows, just like many of us have in our lives. He's been inconsistent. He's been impulsive. He's been cowardly. He's been anxious. Peter's one of those guys that always acted tough, you know? You know, maybe you're that kind of guy, you, you, you act tough. He says, Jesus, I will die or I will go to prison for you if that's what I've got to do. Peter was always a tough guy, and that's what he told you. He said, look, Jesus, I will die with you. I'll go to prison with you. But when the day came, Peter cowered and he ran. See, Peter has been far from a hero, He's, and his life has been far from epic, hasn't it? But today in our passage, we, we're going to see a quite different Peter. We're going to see a Peter who isn't cowardly anymore, a Peter that is courageous and bold in the face of danger, a Peter who's not impulsive or anxious, but now one who's calm and resolute. And, you know, as we study the life of Peter today, I want us to consider this morning, as you hear the story of his life, I want you to ask yourself the question, how can someone be transformed so powerfully from one thing to another? And then say, well, Is that possible for you or is that possible for people in my life? How can we be transformed as well? You know, we can all relate to Peter, I think, up to this point. We're all imperfect. We all struggle to live up to our own standards. We all have stories of failure and disappointment in our lives. But the story of Peter ought to give us hope. It ought to give us hope that God can transform us and, it can trans- and he can transform our lives and he can smooth the rough edges, so to speak, and make us more like Jesus. And so today we're going to look at the first five chapters of the book of Acts. And I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to summarize the five chapters and we're going to land on a specific, very specific verse at the very end and we're going to teach from that text. But the story goes like this. Jesus, as we know, was crucified and he was killed just as he told Peter and the apostles he would be. But three days later, Jesus rises from the dead. He appears to Mary, to Mary Magdalene, to the disciples, and specifically to Peter. And Jesus, after he rises from the dead, in physical form, his body, he walks around Galilee and Jerusalem for about for 40 days. And he's appearing to the, his followers and he's giving them commands and he's giving them some final teaching. And then he finally, after 40 days, makes a promise to them. He says, look, I am going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and he will fill you and he will guide you and he will give you strength and power and courage and you and you then with that power, you will spread the message of my resurrection to the whole world. And so Jesus tells his disciples, he says, I want you guys to wait here in Jerusalem and don't do anything until the Spirit comes. And so all of Jesus' followers, there's about 120 of them at this point, they hang out in Jerusalem and they wait and they pray. 
And they do this for about 10 days. And 10 days later, at Pentecost, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes and shakes this place that they're standing in. And Peter and the apostles, as Emily just read for us, began speaking in other languages. And people from all over the world who were in Jerusalem can now hear Peter speaking about Jesus in their language. And then Peter takes advantage of this moment. He stands up and he preaches to the public in Jerusalem. This is essentially Peter's first sermon ever as sort of the leader of the church. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in the room when someone preaches their first sermon. It's usually not very good. (laughs) But Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he does a great job. And what he does, he stands up. And you have to keep in mind that the people that he's speaking to These are the people of the city. These are the people that just two months earlier had demanded that Jesus be crucified. And Jesus stands up before them and he says, look, everyone, you are the ones. You demanded that Jesus be crucified. And I want to tell you, he was, but he resurrected from the dead because he is God. Your death could not keep him down. And he has the power to save you from your sins and restore you and give you eternal life. And then he explains with all kinds of wisdom how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures and that how Jesus is the Messiah. And it says that when Peter preached this sermon, 3,000 people that day came to know Jesus and became a part of the church. And then Peter, he's done preaching, he walks out the door, he goes into the streets and he sees a man who had been crippled from birth and Peter heals him. Well, then even more crowds start following following Peter, and they follow Peter, and they say, how did you heal this man? How did you do it? By what power, by what name have you healed this man? And Peter preaches another sermon. He says, I didn't heal this man. It was Jesus who healed this man. You know, the man, uh, like, it was Jesus who healed him. And the same Jesus that healed him can heal you, and he can forgive you from your sins, and he can give you new life. And so in Peter's first sermon, 3,000 people come to know Jesus. In his second sermon, 5,000 more, and now the church has exploded, and Peter, God is using him in powerful ways. Well, the religious leaders, what do you think they thought of this? Think they're digging that? No, not at all. I mean, these are the, the religious leaders, they're the same ones who killed Jesus, and they did not like this at all. Acts, two verse, or Acts 4 verse 2, I love this line. It says that they were greatly annoyed. I love that. Like the religious leaders were annoyed with Peter because Peter was stirring up the crowds, undermining their authority, claiming that Jesus is Lord. And so they arrest Peter and they arrest the other disciples and they put them before a council called the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin is a group essentially of 71 of the most powerful men in Jerusalem. And Peter now is standing before the 71 most powerful men in the city, and his life is on the line. And I want to pause here for a moment, and I want us to think back to the night that Jesus was crucified. Remember, Peter was warming his hands by a fire when a teenage servant girl, a girl with no power, a girl with no authority, a girl, nothing, she says to Peter, she says, Are, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And Peter says, no, 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 that's not me. You got somebody else. A teenage servant girl. That's low stakes. She had no power, no authority, and it was in front of her that Peter said, no, 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 I don't know Jesus. And he was fearful and he was anxious. He was weak 
no courage, no boldness, no confidence. But now, here we are, two months later, and Peter is standing before 71 of the most powerful dudes in Jerusalem. And these are the guys that sent Jesus to Pontius Pilate to be crucified. And Peter, you're like, is he going to cower and run again, or what's he going to do? And he stands up and he says, hey, guys, you're the ones who killed Jesus. But you couldn't stop him because he defeated death, and he is the Messiah, and he is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords, and he has authority over you, and he is above every other name. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says these powerful, powerful men perceived that Peter was uneducated and a common man. And they were astonished, and they recognized that he had been with Jesus. And then they looked at Peter, and they said, okay, look, it's clear that you love this Jesus guy. You believe that he rose from the dead, but let's make a deal. We will let you go. You can, you can be free, but you've got to stop telling everybody that Jesus is the Messiah and that he rose from the dead. They said, look, guys, you're undermining us. You're, you're making us look silly. It's causing people to not trust us. And there will be trouble for you if you keep proclaiming the name of Jesus. Now, what do you think Peter does at this moment? One of my favorite verses in the book of Acts, Acts 4, verse 20, Peter says to this room of powerful leaders, he says, I cannot help but speak of what I've seen and heard. And so Peter leaves and he goes back into the city. And of course, he keeps preaching. And so in chapter 5, Peter and John are arrested again. This time, they're put in prison. But then an angel appears to them in their prison cell, opens the door. Peter and John walk out of prison. And you think at this moment, they're like, okay, we've dodged enough trouble at this point. We're going to go back to our house. We're going to relax. But that's not what they did. They went to the temple and began preaching again. And at this point, the religious leaders have had enough. They arrest him, they bring him before the high priest, and the high priest says, one last time, Peter, I'm gonna strictly charge you to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And Peter says back, I will obey God rather than men. <laughs> and the religious leaders become enraged at this point, and they begin beating Peter and the apostles. And now we come to our text this morning. Long introduction. The sermon's gonna be short compared to that. Acts chapter 5, verse 40, it says, And when they had called in Peter and the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak the name of Jesus, and they let them go. Now listen to this. And then Peter and John left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. <laughs> now, I hope what you've noticed in this story, now in my ministry, I've probably preached 20 sermons from these first five chapters, and the fact that I just did it in 10 minutes is, I'm, pr I'm pretty proud of myself that I was able to do that. But what I hope you notice from this story is this, is the incredible transformation of Peter. I mean, we've been studying his life for several weeks now, and we've never seen Peter quite like this, have we? There's an obvious change in Peter. He went from denying Jesus to a teenage girl to preaching boldly in front of the Sanhedrin. And there's all sorts of other changes in Peter as well. In the Gospels, you, you notice in the Gospels, Peter always had this anxiousness about him. He was always on edge. He was always jittery. But in the book of Acts, in, in these, these chapters, we see that he's calm and he's poised. And, and he's, even in the most stressful situations, he, he, he seems assured of himself. 
and he's not insecure or easily discouraged like he once was. And we also see in, Acts, in, in these chapters that he has a fuller and newer understanding of the scriptures. You see, remember all those times in the New Testament or in the Gospels when Jesus would quote scripture and uh, or he would quote the Old Testament and he would tell Peter, he's like, Peter, I have to fulfill these things. I'm going to die. And Peter was like, no, 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 Jesus, that's not what you're going to do. You can't do that. You can't do that. Now Peter recognizes that Jesus had to do those things, and he's preaching these Old Testament scriptures with a new wisdom and a new clarity. He has a greater understanding of the Bible. And we also see, and this is important, that Peter now has a clear understanding of his calling. He's not afraid to die anymore because he knows his calling is now to die for Christ. He has a better handle on his gifts and his strengths. He's not mouthing off just impulsively, but he's standing confidently before crowds of people and proclaiming the name of Christ. This is, it, Peter is more prepared than we've ever seen him before, and he's ready to walk in the calling that Jesus set out for him. Now, the question I have for us this morning is, what about you? In what ways do you want to see God transform your life? You see, maybe you need the courage to fight against some sin in your life. Maybe you need the strength to walk on a road to recovery. Perhaps you're anxious and fearful like Peter and you want to be more confident and calm and peaceful. Maybe you want a greater understanding of the scriptures like Peter or a greater love for Jesus or a greater connection to God. Maybe you want clarity in your calling, what God wants for you in this life, or you want power in your gifting. And the good news is that if Peter can experience this transformation, so can you. See, even in this moment in history that we're living in where everything is so uncertain, a pandemic, a contentious election, civil unrest, and we're all like, just everything's uncertain. And, the, the tr and we can feel so weak and discouraged and unprepared, but the truth of the scriptures are that the people of God, we have access to the same power that Peter had. We have access to the same thing that can give us confidence and hope and peace and assurance in these uncertain days. When everything else around us is chaotic, we can stand firm. And this question then is, how do we have access to this transforming power? We have it in the same way that Peter did. And so there's two things really quick that I want you to see this morning that transform Peter, and they show us the way to be transformed as well. And the first is that Peter spent time with Jesus. You see, if you remember when the Sanhedrin questioned Peter and he began speaking, they said, we recognize that this man has been with Jesus. These are the people, they don't, they don't love God, they don't believe in Christ, but they could recognize in Peter that he had spent time with Jesus. I can't think of a greater compliment in the world, can you? That guy looks like he spent time with Jesus. Have you ever met anybody like that where you just walk away from hanging out with them and you go, man... They've just, you can tell they've been with Jesus. And that's the way Peter was. And that, that was the source of Peter's courage. He spent time with Jesus. He knew Jesus' character. He knew that Jesus was good. He knew Jesus' promises. He was with Jesus when Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He was with Jesus when Jesus said, I, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He knew Jesus' commands. He knew that he was called to proclaim the truth of the gospel, to love others as Jesus first loved him and to not have fear. He knew what Jesus did on the cross and he knew what Christ accomplished in the resurrection and he had experienced the grace of Jesus personally when Jesus forgave him and restored him. And for Peter, transformation began with knowing Jesus and it's the same for you and it's the same for me. And so the question I have for you is, do you know Jesus today? 
Do you know his character? Do you know his promises? Do you know his commands? Do you know what he did for you on the cross? And do you know what he accomplished for you at the resurrection? And see, transformation begins with knowing Jesus. That's one of our values as a church, knowing Christ through the scriptures. And we have been given a gift in the scriptures in that in the Bible, we see the character and the nature and the, the work of Jesus. And so spend time, as we, when we study the scriptures, we don't just do it to become smart and to know facts. We do it so that we can know more of who Jesus is and what he is like. And that's why the Bible is so valuable to us, not because we can memorize it, but because we can know Jesus personally through it. And so if you want to experience transformation in your life, you must know Jesus and spend time with Jesus in the scriptures. The second thing we see is that Peter was filled with the Spirit. And there's this notable change in Peter from the very moment the Holy Spirit came upon him, isn't there? Jesus even, he told Peter this would happen. Acts 1 verse 8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus even said something to his disciples before he died. He told them, he says, look guys, I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to rise from the dead and then I'm going to ascend to heaven and I'm going to leave you. And you think at that moment the disciples are panicking. They're like, a life without Jesus, I, we can't do it. But he said, I'm going to send someone for you. It's good that I leave and ascend to my throne in heaven. It's better for you that I do that because I'm sending you something even greater than my presence. I'm filling you with the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I read that and I'm like, I have trouble grasping that that's true. Because so many times I think to myself, I'm like, all right, I, when I feel weak in faith or when I feel like I'm not courageous or strong, I, I think, man, if Jesus was just in this room with me right now to give me a pep talk, or if Jesus could walk with me and be like, Will, you got this, like boombox on his shoulder, like pumping me up, I'd be like, I could do it if Jesus was with me. And Jesus says, it's actually better that I leave because I'm sending you something greater. I'm sending you the, my, the spirit that is going to dwell within you. And I have trouble believing that sometimes and wrapping my head around that. But then I look at the story of Peter and I go, oh, it makes sense. Jesus ascends to heaven, waits around for 10 days, and then, bam, sends the Spirit into Peter's life. And in a moment, Peter, this guy who denies Jesus in front of a teenage servant girl, now has the courage to speak to the masses and say, you demanded that Jesus be crucified, and he was, but he couldn't stay dead for long, and he rose from the dead, and he has the power to save you. G uh, Peter, the Holy Spirit, it now has in, in, within him, and he has the courage to stand before people that have the power to put him to death, and he says, I'm gonna talk about what I've seen, not what you guys tell me to talk about. You cannot stop me from speaking about what I've seen and heard. Where does that courage come from? It comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit of God in Peter. And that same spirit is available to you and to me. And you go, I'm so weak, I don't have the courage of Peter. Peter even told the crowds, they said, whose name did you heal this man in? Peter said, it wasn't me. It was the spirit of Christ within me. And you say, I cannot be transformed. I can't overcome this sin in my life. I can't be uh, this type of person that, that, that I want to be. Yes, you can, you, but you must receive the power of the spirit who God is sending into your life and you must yield to him. Receive him, listen to him when he speaks. That voice that says, don't do that, 
that's the Spirit. So don't. <laughs> and that voice that says, go across the hall to your neighbor and be a good neighbor to them, that's the Holy Spirit. Don't go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it next week. Or that voice that says, go do something kind. Or that voice that says, you should donate this to this person or to this cause. Or that voice that says, stand up and walk confidently in the calling that Jesus has placed out for you. That voice that speaks that. And, that vo and you know how many times we hear that voice and we try to push it aside. And we're like, oh, not today, not today. It's, I got a lot of things on my plate. That voice is the Spirit speaking to you. And let me just promise you that when you walk and when you obey what the Spirit is leading you to do, you are walking in the path that God has set out for you. And when you do that, you will begin to see God do powerful things in your life and through your life, just like Peter. How was Peter transformed? He was transformed because the Spirit came upon him and he allowed the Spirit to do his work in his life. How was Peter transformed? That's the same way we are transformed as well. The answer is that we spend time in the presence of Jesus and we yield to the spirit of Jesus. And I know that the last several months have been really hard for a lot of you. And really they've been hard for all of us. And it's easy for us to feel discouraged and to feel like we're alone and we, in this pandemic and in quarantine and loneliness and joblessness and all this stuff. It's easy to find ourselves feeling like we're slipping, isn't it? Or it's easy to feel like we're falling apart. And we wonder, can God change this thing that feels off inside of me? Or can God give me the strength to endure? I feel so helpless. And the truth of the gospel is that the Spirit of God is with you if you have received and believed in the name of Jesus. And he gives you strength to be courageous. And he gives you clarity to understand the will of God for your life. And he gives you the power to be holy and to walk in the way of Jesus. But you must not resist the Spirit's work in your life. You must listen to the voice of the Spirit and receive the power of the Spirit and the Spirit will lead you to become more like Jesus. That's the way that Peter was transformed and that's how we will be transformed as well. The presence of Christ and the power of the Spirit. Let me pray for you this morning, church. Father in heaven, we thank you for the hope of the gospel. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins through the cross and the hope of eternal life through the resurrection. And God, we thank you that you've sent your spirit in us. And because your spirit is within us, we have been adopted as your sons and daughters. And we now have the power to speak as your ambassadors in this world. God, I thank you for these kids in this room. And we're, we're, it's just so great that they're in here. And they're getting to be around adults that are hungry for more of you. And God, we pray that these kids will grow up to love you and that they'll grow up to know you, and that they'll grow up to love your church. And so, God, we're thankful that they're here, and God, I'm thankful that we're able to gather together in person today. We're thankful for those who are worshiping with us online. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now.